Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you here today. Thank you for joining us. And next, we're honored that you're here. There are some Krispy Kreme donuts. Thank you, Sister Patricia, very much. Thank you. There's coffee. And um, Sister Sheila brought us some muffalata, some kind of things, if you're into that, for breakfast. So uh, go grab whatever. But we're honored that you're here. You could be other places doing other things, but you're not. You're here with us on a Sunday morning, and we thank you for that. Um, podcasters, maybe, soon, sometime, hopefully. But uh, if you're out there, podcasters, and listening today, thank you for checking us out, and we'll hope, we hope that you'll be blessed by what you hear today. Um, I don't often do this. Um, and I don't know that I've ever done it in here and next, but... Um, we can't ever lose sight of the fact that we are in um, a spiritual battle. And it, it rages around us all the time, but it comes to our awareness sometimes. And um, I'm a firm believer that whenever the devil makes his presence known, um, one of the best things you can do is to poke your finger back in his face and tell him exactly who the boss is. And so um, I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. And whether you're feeling what I'm feeling this morning or not doesn't matter. I just want you to pray with me. And then we're going to do what we plan to do today. So let's pray. Jesus, you are the Lord of all creation. And everything is subject to you and to your authority. There is no power in heaven or earth that is greater than yours. And so today... I claim your preeminence, I claim your sovereignty, and I claim your dominion over everything, over every person in this room, over their families, and I plead your blood over the sons and daughters of grace today. In Jesus' name, every spirit is held captive and is bound by the power that is in Jesus, and we claim that power today. And we take dominion over spiritual authorities. Jesus, you said that what we loose on earth would be loosed in heaven and what we bound on earth would be bound in heaven. So today we lose peace. We lose freedom. We lose liberty. We lose healing. We lose wholeness. And we bind the voices of doubt, of depression, of anger and strife in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. How y'all feel? It's good to know who you are, and it's good to know who God is, and it's good to know who you are in him. And I'm just, I'm glad to see y'all today. I really am. I'm glad to see you. We are just getting into our focus for 2018, and that is serve. And we want you to find a place where you can impact the kingdom of God by serving others through how God designed you, through your God design. And the last couple of weeks, we've looked at what it means to serve and what it looks like to serve. And we spent some time last week talking about the parable of the Good Samaritan and the context into which Jesus told that story. And one of the big takeaways from last week was this. Whenever it comes to what service looks like, it's when you see a need and meet it, when you know the cost and pay it, and when you don't talk yourself out of it, that's being a servant. That's what Jesus did. And that's what his followers do, too. They serve. And this week, I want us to 
to just start scratching the surface of the how. Um, we know the why. We looked at that a few weeks ago. We have a biblical mandate to serve. Christ showed us he was our example. This is what you do. And then we've also learned that there is a blessing that comes whenever you serve according to your design. And we know that thanks to last week, and, and we know what it looks like to serve. But how? How? And before we get into, uh, get into this and, and we start digging out all of our plastic tubs and, and uh, towels and start going around Central asking strangers if we can wash their feet, before we go out and buy 9,000 bottles of water and stand out on the median of, you know, airline highway in the middle of August at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and pass out water, uh, you know, before we uh, volunteer at the local homeless shelter and, and do that every Saturday for a year, maybe, maybe we need to ask a few questions first. Questions like, do I want to pass out water in the heat of August in the middle of Airline Highway? If so, and that's a valid question, if so, why? And if not, why not? Could I do something else? Am I doing something else? Do I want anything at all to do with the homeless shelter on Saturday? If so, why? If not, why not? Could I do something else more effective? Do I really feel like washing strangers' feet? Is that a calling that I really feel? Am I a particularly gifted foot washer? Could I do something else? Am I doing something else? How about this question? What do I want to do? Because maybe God is so good and maybe God is so smart that the most effective arena of service to others that I could be involved in is already in my heart and already in my personal wiring. I don't know how many of you heard that. Maybe God is so good and maybe God is so smart that the area where I could be most effective in serving others is already in my heart and already a part of my wiring because God put it there. Hmm. Now, I'm not knocking any of, the, any of those things I mentioned. Foot washing. Homeless shelters, passing out water, those are, those are good things. Those are beautiful things, and, and we need them. We need those things. But before we associate service with misery, come on. I, I, Y'all been with me long enough to know. We're going to be real in here. Before we associate service with misery, service with gross, unappealing stuff that I don't really want to do, but I'm just going to do it because I feel like I've got to, we need to slow down and think about this for a little while because I've got this radical idea that maybe, just maybe, your service should flow out of how God designed you. And I want to start digging into that idea with you today. So a little intro today. This is all just going to be light stuff. This is the light stuff, heavy stuff. The meat's coming next week. But today, let's talk about accepting your assignment. And this all comes from Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. I told you it was coming, so finally here it is. This is the fifth purpose, right, of, of the five purposes. We covered four of them last fall. So here's the fifth one. 
and that's uh, shaped for serving God. So thank you, Rick Warren. Here we go. Jesus likes it when you take notes. The devil hates it when you take notes. So here we go. Big idea. That's your big idea for today. You were put on earth to make a contribution. You were put on earth to make a contribution. You, you were put on earth to make a contribution. Everybody take your, take your hand and point out one finger just like that. And then I want you to curve that thing back in just like this. I was put on earth to make a contribution. John 17 and 4 in the New Living Translation. This is Jesus, our example, right? He said this. He said, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. You had something for me to do and I completed it. And so by doing that, I brought glory to you here on earth. You are put here, folks, to do something. You weren't created just to consume resources, to eat food, to breathe air, and to take up space. I like to eat food. I like to breathe. I wish I took up less space, but I'm created for more than that, not just to consume resources. God designed you to make a difference with your life. He created you to add to, to add value to life on earth, not just take from it. And he wants you to give something back. And that's called, that something you give back is called your ministry. It's called your service. And believe it or not, the Bible gives us the details. Check it out. I'm going to give you four biblical service statements. Four biblical service statements for those of you taking notes. Mel, you get a pass. You got your hands full. Four biblical service statements. If you don't like that, these are four things the Bible has to say about your service. Four things the Bible has to say about your service. Here's number one. You were created to serve God. You were created to serve God. Ephesians 2 and 10. Oh, I love this verse, Mel. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Those good things, that's your service. Those good things, that's your ministry. Whenever you serve others in any way, you are essentially serving God and fulfilling one of the five purposes God has for your life. You know, God told this to Jeremiah, but it's also true for us today. So it's true for you. Jeremiah 1 and 5, he told Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Awesome. Before you were born. I set you apart and appointed you as one of my prophets to the nations. In one translation, it says, I set you apart for a special work. You were placed on this planet by God on purpose for a special assignment. Everybody. You're created to serve God. Number two. You were saved to serve God. Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 1 and 9 says this, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, thank you Jesus, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. See, God has been working on this plan his plan. And it's a big plan and it's a perfect plan, but it's a plan that he's had from the very beginning. And that plan involved saving you 
That plan involved calling you. That's all a part of this plan that he has. You were not saved. You're not saved by service. You're saved for service. In God's kingdom, you have a place, you have a purpose, you have a role, and you have a function to fulfill. And what that means is your life has great significance and great value. Listen, it costs Jesus his very life to purchase your salvation. Think about that for a minute. Almighty God, robed in flesh, it cost him his life to purchase your salvation. First Corinthians 6 and 20 says this, For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. We don't serve God out of guilt. We don't serve him out of fear or even, and this is the trap, out of duty. But out of joy and out of the deep gratitude for what he's done for us, we do owe him our lives. But through Christ, our past has been forgiven. Our present is given meaning and our future is secured. So in light of those incredible things, this is what Paul said in Romans 12 and 1. He said, and so, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Why? Because of everything he's done for us. Everything he's done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. You know, the Apostle John taught that our loving service to others shows that we are truly saved. We're talking about how you are, you are, you are saved to serve. But in 1 John 3 and 14, he said this. He equates loving service to others with salvation. 1 John 3 and 14, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers... It proves that we are passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. If I have no love for others, if I have no desire to serve others, and I'm only concerned with my needs, I should probably do a little bit of questioning about who's really living in my heart. Open it up and see who's really in there. Because a saved heart Nexters is one that wants to serve. A saved heart is one that wants to serve. And, you know, there, we've got a lot of misunderstandings about ministry. Most of the time, whenever I hear that word, I still think of pastors, evangelists, biblical professionals, uh, you know, just professional clergy. But the Bible says that every member of his family is a minister. The Bible says that every member of his family is a minister. In the Bible, the words servant and minister are synonyms. Synonyms. Cinnamon. Synonyms, yeah. And, and, and the words service and ministry are too. If you're a Christian, you're a minister. If you're a Christian, you're a servant. When you're serving, you're ministering. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite, right? If you're a Christian, you're a minister. If you're serving, you're ministering. Matthew 8, I love this. Did y'all know that Peter was married? We never hear mention of that woman. But Peter was married, and it says in Jesus, in, in, in Jesus chapter 8, in Matthew chapter 8, 
It's all Jesus, right? But in Matthew 8, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. She's sick. It says that she was in bed with a high fever, and Jesus touches her and heals her, and it says that whenever he touched her and healed her, that she got up and prepared him a meal. She was sick. Jesus made her better. What did she do? She got up and she served. She used her new gift of health, her new gift of wholeness to serve. And that's what we're to do. We are healed to help others. We are blessed to be a blessing. You're saved to serve, not sit around and wait for heaven to show up. Have you ever wondered, and y'all know my mind goes into some strange places sometimes, and y'all love me anyway, I appreciate that, but have you ever wondered why God doesn't just immediately take us to heaven the moment we're saved? I, have, I mean, why don't we have people standing around the altars or the baptistry with hammers in hand? You know, you pray through and you're done. I mean, somebody gets saved, somebody gets baptized, just knock them in the head, send them to heaven. It would make church a lot easier. Well, except for the people that have to stay around and clean up the mess. But y'all get my point. Why, why does he leave us in this fallen world if the goal is just to be saved and go to heaven? Well, it's because that's not the only goal. He leaves us here to fulfill his purposes. And once you are saved, God intends to use you for his goals. God has a ministry. God has a ministry for you in his church. And he's got a mission for you in this world. You're saved to serve. Number three, you're called to serve. You're called to serve. There's no such thing as a non-serving Christian. That's a contradiction in terms. First mm. Peter 2 and 9. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Chosen people, royal priests. Y'all know those Old Testament priests were involved in daily service to God and to man, right? So how do you show others the goodness of God as it talks about there in 2 Peter 9? How do you show others the goodness of God? Y'all are going to love this. You see a need and meet it. You know the cost and pay it. You don't talk yourself out of it. Romans 7 and 4 says this. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ, and now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. So, just don't answer this out loud, but just... In your brain. How much of the time are you producing a harvest of good deeds for God? How often are you being useful in service to God? You know, that's one reason why you need to be connected to a church family. If you're here today and you're not connected to a church family, I'm going to tell you, this isn't the perfect church family, but it's a really good one. It's the best one I know about. So this would be a great family to get connected to today. But one reason you need to be connected to a church family is to fulfill your calling 
to serve other believers in practical ways. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 27, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Your service, your service, your ministry is desperately needed in the body of Christ. Ask pastor. Ask lady. We need you. We need you. Each of us has a role to play and every role is important. You know, there's no small service in the kingdom of God. It all matters. I want to tell you something. There are no insignificant ministries in Christ's church. There are no small servants in the body of Christ. In my house, the most important light in the place is not the big hanging chandeliers in the dining room. Now, we like those. We've designed parts of our house around those lights, but they're not the most important lights. And you know what the most important light is in the whole house? It's that little night light in the hall that keeps me from killing myself in the middle of the night. It's just, but here's the thing. It's just doing its thing in the dark. It's just doing its, own, its little thing in the dark. Consistent. Oh, I snuck up on you, didn't I? Consistent night after night after night. Doing what, watch this, doing what it was designed to do and doing what it was placed to do. Okay. What happens whenever one part of your body fails to function? This is not a difficult question. What happens whenever a part of your body fails to function? You get, you get sick. You get sick. You might die. The rest of your body suffers. Imagine if your liver just started saying to itself, I'm tired. I'm not going to serve this body anymore. Just, I want to take a year off just to be fed. I just need to sit for a little while. I've got to do what's best for me. I'm going to let some other part take my place for a little while. You know, I mean, there's only one of me, but I mean, there's two lungs. I mean, just let the lung fill my place for a little while. I mean, we can put a toe there. There's ten toes. I just need a break. What would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. You would die. You put a lung where your liver is, you're going to die. You put a toe where your liver is, you're going to die. When you sit on the sidelines, the body that you are a part of suffers. Number four, I told y'all this is just the light stuff today. This is light. Number four, you are commanded to serve God. You were commanded to serve God. And I know I don't like be commanded either. I don't like that. I don't like somebody telling me what to do. But guess what? He's God. I'm not. Jesus didn't play. He said in Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 through 28, he said, he said this, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Hey, Christian, service isn't optional. It's not an add-on. It's not an accessory. It's not something you coordinate with. Service isn't something that we squeeze into our already busy schedule if we can spare the time. Service is the heart of the Christian life. Jesus came to serve and to give. And those two verbs should define your life on earth too. Serving and giving. Serving and giving. Now you're being like Jesus. Now you're growing and maturing. You know, Jesus taught that spiritual maturity is never an end unto itself. He doesn't want you to be mature just so you can be mature. Maturity is for ministry. Maturity is for service. We grow up in order to give out. We've got to act on what we know and practice what we claim to believe. Because listen, study without service leads to stagnation. Yes, the old comparison between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. You people that have been in Sunday school like forever, y'all have heard this 500 times, but somebody in here might not have heard this before. But the Sea of Galilee is full of life because it takes in water, but it also gives out. But by contrast, nothing lives in or around the Dead Sea. That's one they call it the Dead Sea because nothing lives there. And it's dead because it takes in, takes in, takes in, but it never gives out. There's no outflow at all. No outflow, no life. Boom goes the dynamite. Again. No outflow, no life. Can we say that together? No outflow, no life. Folks, the last thing you need today is another Bible study. You don't need it. What you need and what I need are serving experiences in which we exercise spiritual muscles. But watch out because serving, I don't know if y'all noticed this or not, is the opposite of our natural inclination. I like to be served. Hmm. Most of the time, we're, mo we're, we're more interested in serve us instead of service. Huh? That's an easy way to remember that. Well, we are. We're more interested in service. I'm just looking for a church that fits me. I'm looking for a place to be fed. I'm looking for a church that meets my needs. I'm just looking for a church that connects with where we are right now. It's funny because it's true. Hey, Christian, listen, how about this? I'm looking for a place to serve and where I can meet some needs. I'm looking for a place to serve and a place where I can be a blessing. As we mature in Christ, the focus of our lives should increasingly shift to living a life of service. Because the mature follower of Jesus stops asking who's going to meet my needs and starts asking whose needs can I meet? You ever ask that question? 
Let me bring this in for a landing. Public service announcement, little PSA for you right here. At the end of your life on earth, you are going to stand before God. So if you didn't know, that's what's coming. <laughs> that's going to happen. And when you do, God is going to evaluate how well you served others with the life and the gifts that he gave you. Romans 14 and 12 says this. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Think about that. One day, God is going to compare how much time and energy we spent on ourselves compared with what we invested in serving others. That makes me a little nervous. And at that point, all of my excuses are going to sound so hollow. I was so busy. I had, I had goals and I had dreams that I was working toward. I, I didn't have enough money. I just had a little more money. I wasn't talented enough. There were all these other people around me. They had all these talents. I had a past. I had a history. I had all these issues and all this baggage. I was so preoccupied with my family, with my career, with LSU football, with Game of Thrones. Nobody laughed at that one. Hmm. You know what? To all of those excuses, God is going to say this. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. And here's the sad part. It's not just about the judgment there. And that's bad. Or could be. But it's also about what we miss out on in the here and now. We're only... We're only fully alive whenever we are helping others. We're only fully alive whenever we are engaging in the design that God has for us by serving other people. Mark 8.35, okay, says this, this. If you try to hang on to your life, death grip, got to control it. You're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. Did you know that that truth right there in Mark 8 is so important that it's repeated five times? Five times. You think we need to pay attention? Five times that appears in the Gospels. If you aren't serving, you're not living. You're just existing. Because life was made for ministry. Now look, you're going to live for something. You are. You're going to live for something. You're going to live for your family. You're going to live for a career. You're going to live for a hobby. You're going to live for wealth. You're going to live trying to escape from your past. But you're going to live for something. But none of those things that I just mentioned are going to have a lasting significance. Service is the pathway to true significance. Service is the way to a life that really matters and means something. And it's through ministry that we discover meaning for our lives. Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to read this to you from the message. It says, in this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. 
Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Watch this. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. You looking for meaning? Looking for what life is all about and what you're supposed to do here? Those great existential questions, and they are great questions. Here's a great answer. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of Christ's body, let's go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. God wants you to make a difference in this world. God wants you to make a difference in his church. He wants to work through you. And try to make eye contact with every person in here right now. So. He wants to work through you. And what matters is not the duration of your life, but the donation of it. And it's not going to matter how long you live. It's going to matter how you live. You were put here on earth to make a contribution. You were created. You were saved. You were called and commanded to serve. So, see a need and meet it. Know the price and pay it. Don't talk yourself out of it. I'm going to make y'all remember this by the time we're done. See a need and meet it. Know the cost and pay it. Don't talk yourself out of it. So do I really need to tell you what your next steps are for this week? Well, here's your next step. I want you to ask yourself a question. What's holding me back from accepting God's assignment for me? What's holding me back from accepting God's call on my life? What's holding me back? Same question. I'm just saying it different ways. What's holding me back from serving with what God has given me? Write it down. I dare you. I dare you. Write it down. Ask yourself that question. Whenever you get an answer, I dare you to write it down and pray over it and watch what happens. And if you're really feeling bold after you write it down and pray about it, then do something about it. Well, what do I do, Jason? See a need and meet it. Know the price and pay it. And don't talk yourself out of it. Next week, we're going to get into the heavy stuff. We're going to talk about how you are shaped for serving God. So we're going to talk about your spiritual gifts and your heart and your abilities and your personality and your experiences and how all of those things come together to give you a picture of who God has designed you to be and how you can serve him according to your design. That's where we're headed next week. Thank you all for being here today. I'm so glad that you were here. Let's pray and we'll leave. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truths of your word. 
We thank you for the call to service. We thank you for the way that you have put us into your body. Lord, as, as individual parts, but God, together as a body, we have meaning. Lord, and, and it's in that body that we find our meaning and we find our purpose. Lord, I pray that over the next few weeks you would talk to us about how we are shaped, how we are uniquely designed and placed to serve you, and talk to us about how we can impact others around us. And if there's something holding us back, if there's something standing in the way of us giving ourselves in service, show us what it is. Show us what it is and empower us to do something. In Jesus' name, amen.